0: Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real raw and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, today on the Confident Woman Podcast, we have an incredible guest. We have with us Sophie McLean. Sophie is born in Algeria, educated in Morocco and France with a professional career in the USA and UK. Sophie has led an eventful life, She has been a helicopter pilot, a teacher, a designer, a relief worker, a war refugee, a CEO, and served as a United Nations representative on the Commission on the Status of Women's Hunger Project. She has been shot at, shipwrecked, and widowed. She has lived on a farm, a boat, a penthouse, and in an ashram. As a wisdom teacher, Sophie has spent decades leading transformational seminars to over 80,000 people around the world of all ethnicities, ages, religions, and social backgrounds, all engaged with the universal existential questions of who and what am I? And what is life all about? So, oh my goodness, I am <laughs> so excited to dive into today's conversation because. Truly, this is such, you know, when we read our bios of our guests, you know, there's so much to talk about. And if you haven't already, you know, those listening can't imagine this is a woman who has led an incredible life. And we are so honored to have her as our guest and just really pour into our listeners. So I just want to welcome you, Sophie. So thank you so much.
1: Uh, Mitchell, I am so happy to be here and you're already, I feel so comfortable with you. So thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. You know, and reading that bio, it just, you know, there's so many questions because it's you've lived such a life and a life that is up, filled with the ups and downs and just mm-hmm. the realities of what life is about, right? There's so much joy. There's so much pain. There's so much struggle. There's so much loss, but yet you have found yourself and this calling and that you, you know, of all the things that could happen in life, you didn't allow that to hold you back or to break you, Mm. but it made you into the leader and the the wisdom and the teacher uh, that, you know, you pour into other people to help them find their purpose and their identities Mm. here in this life that Mm. we only have one chance of living. So I'm curious, you know, let's just kind of dive in and, and share some of the Bits of your story that led you into where you're at today and how you give back to others as well.
1: Well, Rachel, I had a gift when I was 12 years old, not obviously at 12, I it just happened to me. I don't try to understand it or whatever, but I was in my garden in Casablanca, Morocco, And yes, it is as exotic as it sounds. And uh, (laughs) I was watching my parents, sister and brother sitting down for dinner. And I was uh, on the grass a bit further away. And suddenly I had three insights that literally fell on me. It was like a download. The first insight very clearly was that I was living in a cocoon. Mm -hmm. And that cocoon was not a reflection of life. There was nothing wrong with it, but I had to know that I was very protected and loved and it was a cocoon. The second insight was that life was about the whole spectrum from suffering and despair to joy, and I needed to go and find out. Mm -hmm. And the third insight was, and then I will find out that it was all an illusion. And... I ran to my parents and I said, all right, I understand everything. We live in a cocoon. This is not life. And it's all an illusion. Of course, I got my nickname, the crazy one, with much love. But to this day, I'm 60 years old. It stays with me, you know. (laughs) So, uh, but that epiphany never left me. So I believe, looking back at my life, that that is what gave me this irresistible thirst for adventure, for learning, for learning everything I could about everything. So I've traveled to more than 80 different countries. I've done many, many things. It's funny, right? You just, it's not like I seeked it, but it 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 was there and I was a yes to life. And I think that's the first thing I want to tell all your listeners is One needs to be open. I call it a yes to life. You know, whatever the moment in front of you is, it's as if the universe is asking you to dance with a moment in front of you. And some of those moments are really fun and great, and some are horrible. (laughs) Still, you need to dance. Right. So after that, I looked, I listened to, to life. I listened to people. I was always very, very curious. And when I was 16, I had something terrible happen to me. I got raped. Then that was from 16 to 28 years old. It seems that there was one thing after the other. So that I got raped, didn't tell anybody of course. He did. And it was difficult. Then I met a man when I was 20 that I absolutely loved. So I came back to myself as a woman, but then I got pregnant, lost the baby, couldn't have babies anymore. And then my husband died. Oh, wow. All that in the space of 10 years, right? So then I knew rock bottom, like despair, you know, despair is like such a terrible space because You don't have anything to look forward to. Nothing. Nothing was of any interest to me whatsoever. I just didn't want to stay alive without Murray, my husband. Right. So now what do you do? What do you do? I mean, suicide wasn't an option. I wasn't going to do that to the people that loved me and all that. I had four stepchildren I had to take care of. What do you do? Well, After four years of going through the motion and being really sleepwalker, right, I packed my bag, left my house, left my home, left everything and just went around the world. I thought, you know, I've got to find a way to go back to life. And I surrendered. I totally surrendered. I went wherever life took me and I had the most extraordinary adventure went around the world, got on a sailboat in New Zealand, got shipwrecked on Easter Island, met people that made a movie with Kevin Costner, got a job with them, stayed six months in the middle of the South Pacific, and then, you know, met some more people and landed up in LA <laughs> following the people I had met on Easter Island. And there I met someone, that revolutionized my life and that's the other thing i want to point out is that if you listen right if you listen and it's not hearing it's listening right it's very different you will see that either your soul or your either universe call it whatever you want your guide or whatever you want to call it doesn't matter will give you gift and guide you and this man that I met just told me something very simple I said to him okay I went on all this adventure and all that I'm much better but I'm still dead I still don't want to be alive and he said to me why I said well I think frankly I think I'm doomed because I never heard of somebody my husband died five days after I got married on honeymoon Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, it's like a bad Hollywood movie, right? And then not being able to have children. I wanted eight, right? And then, so I said, you know, truly, I think I must be doomed. I must do something in the previous life. God doesn't love me. I don't know, but I'm bad luck. I'm doomed. And he said, well, is that the meaning? You're attached to what happened to you? I said, no, that's the truth. I said, where is the truth? Who is saying I'm doomed? And I, I said, I, I am. I realized no one was saying it. It wasn't written in stone. I, there was not one single person or angel or, or message from the divine that was saying I was doomed. I was making up a story and believing my story as the truth. Yes, And at that moment, I know it sounds so simple, right? But that is the very moment I got back to life. I realized there is things that happened, good, bad, and different. And then there is a story we make up about what happened. And if we believe that our story is the truth, then not only are we arrogant, but we're stuck in the illusion of believing our thoughts Mm -hmm. right it was so extraordinary for me that moment that i decided to train myself i went back to study for four years and i wanted to tell the entire world i was 33 by then and that's what i did ever since i just teach people from my own experience
0: Mm. I love this story, you know, because as, as I'm listening, you can follow along with the highs and the lows and, you know, it's really what we ultimately choose to focus on and that's what we become. And so going back to, to the beginning part where you felt that you were different, there was this uniqueness about you. And it was that curiosity in the inquisitiveness of just what's out there. What's more, what can I do? And saying, yes, saying yes. Because that opens the doors for, you know, learning and growing and opportunities. And even though you were hit with these low points in your life from rape to loss, to the grief, to your husband passing, it's just, we can go into the depths of the lowest of lows. And like you said, when that becomes, yeah, it was true but it didn't have to become your story. And that's the beauty in all of life, right? So how many times do we tell ourselves the story and we believe it because yes, it is true. It did, those facts did happen, but yet when we repeat that story over and over, it becomes our belief and our belief becomes our identity and we will do whatever it takes to hold on to that identity because that's who we are. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm curious to know, life is complex, right? And sometimes it's, it's those little simple patterns that are just those little simple liners that interrupt that pattern of complexity where we can then take a step back and view life from the simple practicals of what life is. It's like, is that the truth? And that question prompted you to take pause and really look inside because we're so focused externally of all the things that life is happening to us. But how is life happening for us in those moments as they're shaping and shifting and defining us into the, the person that we're becoming, right? So how did it pivot and just really, it made you pause. And in that pause, what was that conscious decision and that choice that you said, okay, today is the day I'm reclaiming my power and my truth and my story. Well, I realized
1: um, as an experience, right? It was not a knowing, like an intellectual knowing. It was like, you know, when you learn to ride a bicycle, you get on the bike, you fall, you get on the back, you fall, and then suddenly you get balance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. and you cannot ride a bicycle for 20 years. When you get back on the bike, you will still know how to ride. Mm-hmm. So that was this kind of realization. It's It was like, wow, whatever I say, I get. hmm And at that moment, got the experience of the grace we have with language and how much we take it for granted, you know, it's very much like the air we breathe, right? We don't walk into a room saying, well, I hope there is enough air for me to breathe. No, we take it for granted. It's the same with language. So we say Mm -hmm. all sorts of things. But in that moment, I realized, but whatever I say, I get. So if I say I'm doomed, I will get the my reality will be that of a doomed person. If I say I am stupid, my action will be correlated to what I'm saying, and the result I will get are totally correlated to it. And I'm not talking about positive thinking, right? Positive thinking for me is inauthentic because to be positive. is always on top of negative right I'm not saying that at all I'm talking about authenticity you need to do the work necessary to be able to experience that there is a universal rule you always reap what you sow or you always reap what you say But you need to get that experience. How do you get that experience? Through the famous question. Is that true? And giving up, right? The road to remembering who you really are is always giving up. Giving up being right, giving up your opinion, giving up believing your thoughts, giving up making yourself wrong, making others wrong. It's always giving up, giving up, giving up. It's never getting somewhere. You already are whole and complete and perfect. It's just that there is some stuff on top of it. The work we need to do is disappear the, the stuff.
0: Yes. And I love that you mentioned that because again, what we think we become, right? So it follows that whole, our thoughts become our words and our words become our actions and those become our our behaviors of who we are, right? We align those. And so that's what I was saying with the holding true to that identity, we will do whatever it takes to align with that because that's truly who we believe. And so in that pause and tying in that curiosity, you kept questioning all the time, like, But is that true? Is that could there be an alternative? So if this is what I'm accepting and settling for, well, I could just as easily rewire and recreate different languages and beliefs around what could be possible. And if I rewire that, the frame of our language, right, we're Mm -hmm. ultimately shaping and shifting our life into Mm -hmm. that higher version or better version, because Mm -hmm. like you said, yes, we could be doomed if we're saying we're doomed and mm-hmm. that's what you get. But if you can yeah. say I'm open, there's possibility, there's something new out there, there's excitement. And so that's shifted your whole perspective on one yourself and life and what could be. So having that curiosity to wonder what else is out there. Right. Yeah. So, and that's
1: yeah, it's so good what you're saying, right? The thing is, you have to get that I'm doomed is not the truth, right? You can't right. just say, okay, I'm not saying I'm doomed. I'm saying I'm, I'm, there is possibility because that's the inauthenticity. You literally have to go back. I know exactly the moment where I said to myself, all right, my life is over. I'm doomed. Okay. So you need to really know you are the originator of that story -hmm. And you believed it. And then, Rachel, listening to you, right? I'm very much present to the choice we have as human beings is that there is a world that I call the world of surviving, Mm -hmm. right? And we only survive a danger. You don't need to survive a butterfly. Right, If you have a butterfly in front of your eyes, you can look at the beauty of the wing and the colors and you present and it's exquisite. If I take away the butterfly and I parachute a rhinoceros, forget about the beauty of the beast. You're going to get survival time, right? You're either going to attack, run away or freeze and die. and So... We, as a culture of human being, as human homo sapiens, we, are, we have trained ourselves to survive. We needed to survive long ago, the elements, the animals, find food, shelter. And then at one point it shifted to survive our mind and each other and ontologically, right? Ontologically meaning being, the beingness of human beings. So there is this world of surviving. This is why people are frightened to go and speak in public and nervous and they need two glasses of wine before they go to a party, they anxious at night with a little voice in your head, wondering, you know, we are surviving. And that world is a world of suffering. Mm-hmm. Right? Because what we're surviving is an illusion. And the Buddha say it beautifully, right? The entire source of suffering is ignorance. So when you identify with surviving, you think you need to survive, you believe it, you will suffer. But there is another world, the world you were speaking about, the world where Everything is possible. I call it the possibility of possibilities. Now, it's difficult with the time we're going through, right? And I know in the States, you went through a horrible killing right two days ago yeah
0: actually and in then, my, my hometown my hometown oh, of buffalo new york
1: i'm a heart goes out to you right it's so hard when it's in your backyard i tell you it's it makes it even more real but we have that we have ukraine we have yemen i mean the world the climate crisis the social crisis the finance crisis i mean how can you speak about the possibility of possibility but let's let's look at it just for a moment right A possibility hasn't happened yet, but it is possible. it is possible that people will discover kindness and generosity and altruism, that people will be for each other instead of against each other, that people will wake up to the fact that they are whole and complete and perfect. They'll get this education. It is possible. I do know that it hasn't happened yet, but it is possible. So there is those two games. One is surviving, and the other one is to ongoingly stand for what's possible. Well, I don't like the game of surviving. I tried it for 10 years. It sucks, frankly. I mean, you suffer. You make yourself unconscious. You're frightened. You're anxious. You have some moment of pleasure and joy and happiness and never last. I, I don't like it. I prefer the other game. So, call me idealistic or immature, whatever. <laughs> I, you know, kindness every single moment of my life shows up because I stand for what is possible. Yeah. I love that because, it, you know, like you said, it, oh,
0: the possibility of possibilities and it's like, what else could be out there? And if we're just surviving, we are just accepting, we're not growing, we're not challenging, we're not learning. And, and, you know, uh, there was a different form of what you had said with, with the Buddhist, um, you know, with suffering and to kind of sum it up and how it makes sense to me as well. We suffer because we're focused on self. We're focused on what has happened to us. And we're not focusing on what could be done differently or what is possible or, or how those incidents and things that happen in our life could be shaping our character and giving us the strength and fortitude to keep moving forward into the unknown, which are where the possibilities lie. Otherwise we're just, like you said, we're sleepwalking, we're surviving, and we're not really living. So you know, now that you've taken that whole turn with your life and it's like, you're ready for life, like to live again, to be begin again and to become anew. And so how did we, you know, how did that really take shape and start shifting your life into the works that you do to really inspire through your, through your work, through your life, through the teachings, all the things that you do. And now you have a completely different story because you could have settled and that could have been your story and that could have been it for the rest of your life. But you had that awakening moment that just said, no, there's got to be more.
1: Yeah. So, you know, once you realize, so I did four years of study, it was very much a kind of training that's the equivalent of the Zen training, right? Like It was quite intense uh, dealing with uh, giving up everything that, wasn't who I really was, you know, you can face a wall and for six hours say, who am I, who am I, you know, until you just want to scream, but something happened. So I trained myself because once you get an experience of the illusion of the reality of what we call reality, you can't keep it for yourself. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's, it is so natural So natural, you know, I I really do understand people that devote their life to making a difference. There is nothing else to do because you actually get the experience of oneness. You get the experience of love. Love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Love is a space. You witness the suffering of others. You have to do something. I mean, you have to say, well, if you're interested, I have a... I have the way out. (laughs) (laughs) I I have another game, come and see. So that's what I've been doing for 30 30 years.
0: And it's remarkable. And, you know, making a difference in over 80,000 lives, just through your trainings through that way. But I mean, obviously, you've touched so many other more lives that, you know, you can't even count. And it's not like you go to bed and say, tally that up and say, okay, well, I touched these people's lives today. You know, and, and that's the beauty of it. It's like, knowing that the gift to have almost like that renewal, that second chance, and not even a second chance, because you can begin again at any time, but that gift you recognize was not just yours for the holding. And it was your gift to give it away. And like you said, love isn't that feeling. It isn't an emotion. It's a space. And so when you show up as the, the embodiment of love, That's what you're giving, not only to yourself, but to others. Mm -hmm. And that becomes the hope and the light that there's something, you know, in our darkness, you are the light that shines on them and gives them that hope and encouragement to keep moving forward and never give up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what a teacher
1: is. You know, I call myself a wisdom teacher because I am so grateful to have had all those experiences because I believe a teacher is someone that shares their experience. I never give a lecture, I never talk about things that I have not experienced personally. And so I've had such a full life. It, it is as if, it's, it's so perfect. I, of course, I'm going to be a teacher. I've got to give away all my experience so that people can stand on my shoulders and just go their own way, you know, and fly. So yeah, life is, I believe, an experience. So, everything is an experience. And if we have the courage to experience whatever comes at us in the moment, we'll have a very rich life. Yeah, I
0: love that you mentioned that. It's experience, right? So experiences and memories are what we we carry throughout our life. and it's not necessarily those isolated moments that we replay as those stories over and over again that are on replay. but yeah, how do we internalize and, you know, create this new experience and then begin living it. And it's just, I mean, I, even from my own personal experience, it's like, I had a lot of bad things I say would happen, you know, happen in my, in my former life. I say, before I decided to, to reclaim my life and take back my power and start shifting into this new improved and upgraded version of myself, because mm-hmm. I had hit my bottom of just self-loathing. Like I hated mm. everything that had happened in my life because I felt mm. like it was happening to me. Right. So mm. I was at that point where I just wanted to give up. I was just like, "There's no hope. Why would I keep wanting to go back to, you feel like you're beating your head off the wall. Like it's not mm. making any headway. So when you do that and internalize and get really crystal clear on those like conscious questions that we ask ourselves, like, who am I? what's holding me back? Like, how did I even get here? Let alone, what is this purpose of life? What is life? You know, if this is life, I don't want that anymore. So how do we, you know, climb out of this, like this pit that, you know, when we reach our lowest of lows, how do we climb out of that in a way that is self-empowering, but yet is a way that we can empower others as well. So, you know, that's, it's a really cool, just, I think for me, just, being on both sides. And obviously you on both sides as well. It's like, how do we now reclaim that power that we inadvertently given away? Because when we play those stories, that's given away our power and now using it as momentum to fuel and inspire and encourage and empower others to create Mm -hmm. a new, create a new life and begin again on their own terms, where Mm -hmm. then they have now this, like I said, a kind of awakening that they can go and give that gift and touch others lives. And that is the beauty of life. That is the purpose of, of life for what I believe. And I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Well, the first thing I want to say is that uh, it's funny how many of us wake up when we are at our lowest, right? We have to hit rock bottom before we wake up. That's that's what surviving is, right? It's, it's like it takes such a dark despair to get us out of surviving it's a conundrum of life very few people get enlightened like in a moment of you know divine grace i always was very envious of those people that sit on a bench and suddenly see god but that didn't happen to me <laughs> i am going one step at a time but awareness is a magic uh, not a tool, but it's the way to awaken, right? So it's funny because everybody knows what awareness is, but I don't know if many people consciously go and master awareness, but you know, when you teach your children to cross the street, you tell them stop, look right, look left, and then you make a choice if you're going to cross the street or not, right? That's awareness. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what it is, right? So, in the middle of despair, in a difficult time, you need to stop. Let yourself experience the despair. All that. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. Right? What you resist, persists. Be miserable. You know, just be miserable. Just let yourself experience the physical experience of being miserable. And then just listen, listen, look listen, look around you and say, okay, one little step at a time, right? I can either stay in bed or I can go and make a salad or, okay, I don't feel like talking to anybody, but I'm going to go in the street and see if I can give $5 to a homeless person. That will be my miracle for the day, right? Mm -hmm. So there is this context for life for me which life is a game it's a school right everything is an experience so the more you experience the richer your experience of being alive will be so you need to dive in just literally diving and dance with the moment in front of you even if you're miserable and it is really um, knowing we don't know where we come from and we don't know where we're going I mean, let's tell the truth. Whoever tells you they have the answer, uh, <laughs> I don't think so, right? So you need to accept the mystery of life. It is a mystery. Now, once you can accept that, then the question is, how, how can I dance with the unknown? Uh, that is strange, right? So I'm dealing with a mystery, and Sophie is asking me to dance with a mystery. How do you do that? Those are the kind of questions to ask oneself. Right. And then little by little, you get used to the uncertainty. You know, the school of life is a school where you have absolutely no control, total uncertainty, and you forgot who you really are. Okay, let's play. It's It's like, okay. Right. It's almost like a blank canvas where you can just
0: use, paint whatever you want. And, you know, when I say like, you know, giving, Reclaiming that power and control is meaning like in that past of like, you're holding on to something that is no longer yours to hold on to what's done is done. And that's the past. And so when we yeah. accept that through that self-awareness, it's like, we're reclaiming that we're like, okay, well today we're regrouping and what's done is done yet. What is in the future has yet to come. So today is a blank sheet, a blank canvas, and I'm going to start again. And now I have control of the paintbrush and which colors I'm choosing and what designs I start to lay out on this canvas. And as you continue doing that, you know, you may not even have a plan of what you want to even create on this blank canvas. But as you go through the motions, it starts to transform into something. And if you don't even like the way it's transforming, you can start all over again. And that's one of the things like we we can get caught up in that unknown and uncertainty because of those fears and all the things that come along with it. But that's one thing I have learned to really uh, welcome and embrace is uncertainty is that darkness of the unknown, because it creates this. Uh, I think for me, it's a drive and sit and I get curious and say, what can I make of it? What can I do with it? And it excites me. And so when we shift that fear of like, oh my gosh, I don't know what
1: I'm walking into. It's like no, what could I be doing? What could I be doing? Uh, Rachel, there is another question that might be even more enlightening. It's yes. what wants to happen? It's not, a, you see, we're such a grain of sand in the universe, We're just nothing. My and we, we feel so important and so significant in our persona and our character, but that's the illusion, right? We are really, really, really small. At the same time, when you get how insignificant you are, you get that you are the whole, right? So that's the mm-hmm. paradox of life. But the question that gives me a lot of power is not what do I want or what can I do? It's what wants to happen. Right. And it's okay. really, you know, I fell in love with reality and the universe. So, and the universe is much, 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 much kinder than I am to myself. The universe always gives me what I need, not what I want, but what I need. And again and again and again, I have been given gifts that left me in total gratitude just because I gave up control, trying to control, because any idea of control is an illusion, Mm -hmm. and so that question what wants to happen has you look right so I used to be somebody that if I found a closed door in front of me I would take a hammer I'm very strong and I will break down the door it was exhausting stressful hard right I worked 15 hours a day I I woof and then I finally got to say oh if this door is closed There might be an open one just a bit on the side. So look for the open one. And that is a wisdom, right? Knowing, okay, no, this one is closed. This one is closed. This one is closed. Okay, I'm going to find the open one. And then you have a life of ease and grace. Yeah. Look for the open door.
0: Yes, I love that. And it's so, so true because how many times are we, like you said, busting down locked doors? And it's exhausting because we've put all of our energy into that. Well, you know, if we look left or right, there's a door wide open for us, but we're missing it because mm-hmm. we focus all that attention and energy yeah. into trying to force our way into something that's not meant for us.
1: I think we need to be like water. You know, water goes everywhere, fluid. it's yeah. fluid and light, and it's a delicious way to be in life.
0: Yeah. I love I love these little analogies that, that you're pulling out because it's so true. You know, it, again, when we're so focused on self, we sometimes can't see that. And, you know, what I've learned in my own, my own journey too, was that letting go and surrendering and just trusting that kind of like the balloon you're holding on to just let it go, wherever it sways, wherever it goes is where it's meant to land. And otherwise we're holding on to it. And we, we don't even get to appreciate the beauty of watching it just float and fly and be free. Yeah. And yeah, I think baby. that's, that's yeah. what we want, right? We want yeah. freedom. And, yeah. and if we're not that we're forcing things that aren't meant for us.
1: Yeah, there is two realms to tackle, right? One is what is called self-development, which is to let go of the character we identify with and everything we identify with. And self-development is really dealing with your human, right? Your character. And then once you do that and you have put the past in the past and you know you are present and you are free from the illusion you carried on your shoulder, then there is spiritual development. And that is remembering who you really are. So then you exist as a human, but you're a spiritual being having a human experience. You're not a human being having a soul. No, no, you're a soul having a human experience. And that means that you experience intuition, authentic power, guidance, while embodied in a human and you get to love your human with all of our flaws and bad temper and doubt and anxiety but your human is a character you have it's not who you really are and that is a freedom that is possible
0: right and i love that you mentioned that because that exact quote has been my screensaver for like 10 years
1: like it's this one here we oh are, my God, Pierre yes, de Chardin, how amazing, I have it too, how extraordinary, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, <laughs> yeah. I'm writing my second book, and this is the quote I put on the first page. Oh, it's beautiful, and when, yeah. when,
0: that, when I came across that quote several years back, it made me pause, that was one of the, my pause moments, yeah. I was like, right, so why, do, why am I trying to be so human? You know, like this is just the, our fleshy human bodies is the vehicle that our spirit resides in to live its, you know, its life, its its purpose here on life. Yeah, It was just really, really cool when, when that came about and uh, put things
1: in perspective. How much. amazing, how amazing. Yeah. And that distance between your soul and, and your human had me love my human. Yeah. Right? Like I take care of my human. You know, my human has needs. Sometimes my human needs a hug. Yeah. But my soul is always great. I mean, it's just so, so great. So. Oh, my goodness. Goodness.
0: (laughs) So incredible that we were, you know, as we begin to wrap up, it's just, you know, how do we both have the same message and the same?
1: I was going to quote him at the National Art de Chardin. Nobody will know it in the States. (laughs) No, I don't know how amazing. I know. And, and my screensaver, I mean, I've had this, it keeps changing
0: the font and size as we, you know, upgrade our phones. But it's one thing that has been on there that has been consistent. And it's just my reminder every day to like when we feel like this strife and grief of our everyday mm. life, we just have to listen, this is just part of it. And that's not my soul. So mm. it's it's uh really cool. But oh my goodness, this this conversation has been so incredibly inspiring and and you know. Like it's it, sometimes you just need those reminders as well, because we think that, yeah, we got it. We're good. We're, we, we figured out this life thing, you know, maybe for the moment or so, but it's, we find ourselves in these patterns and it's like, how do we disrupt those patterns so we can continue forging through in a more conscious, uh, higher awareness and in pursuit of our purpose-driven life. Um, and so, you know, I think think we talked quite a, few, quite a bit at, about all this stuff and just, you know, your story and your journey is just incredible. And knowing that you never gave up, even in the, the darkness of your doomness, right? So mm-hmm. that could have been you. So I challenge our listeners today, like in, in what areas are you, you know, just settling and surviving? How is your story just holding you back and preventing you from really living this life that you're called and created for. So of course, you know, Sophia, if you want to kind of wrap things up and just maybe throw in some wisdom nuggets and just... uh,
1: Well, I want to tell people, I do what I call the master course if people want to disentangle their character, right? So that's one thing I do. But really what is uh, really useful to know is that I have a four-hour once a week, one hour seminars on all sorts of topics. So I would recommend to your uh, listener to go to my website so that they will see everything I propose because those conversations are enlivening, especially during those times we deal with uh, what's happening. I also have a Facebook group where I do live. So the thing I would leave your listener with is, Make sure you have a community that is aligned with your values, your ideals, your yearnings, Your the times we're going through with the systemic crisis that I has begun but will be, is not over yet. What will give us the strength to stay aligned is our community. I believe it is with each other, with this kind of conversation, Rachel, that you very generously create. With people that are committed to what's possible, to love, to altruism, to kindness, to being for each other, this is how we will weather it. So make sure you do what is needed, that you're surrounded by love.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. And I couldn't agree more on that because, you know, our, our community shapes us, right. And they're there for us for, to lean on and support, but also to uplift each other. And so, yeah, community is, is so, so, so important, especially in this time where there's so much happening in our world and we just, you know, pulling back and feeling isolated. it, It just brings on that added layer of loneliness and, you know, we're not meant to do life alone we need each other we need our, we need people that like you said align with our beliefs or values uh you know who and what we stand for and of course we're going to put uh your website and the facebook group all those links inside of our show notes so everything will be listed to so make sure you check the show notes listeners and be sure to just follow along with Sophie's work her group and check out her website it's uh it's going to be incredible. So I just want to thank you so much for taking this time to be on the podcast and allow me to just be embodiment of what you have shared because you've made a difference just in this this time of us talking. I feel so much different and just feel poured into. So I
1: just want to say thank you and so much that I appreciate it. Oh, Rachel, thank you very much. And I so appreciate our instant connection and your interest. Thank you very much. I had a fun time. Thank you for my self-expression, letting me be self-expressed. It's fun. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much.
0: We appreciate you so, so much taking time to listen to our podcast. If you love what you've been hearing and you're looking forward to hearing more content from us, be sure you take the time to subscribe, like, and review the Confident Woman podcast. We definitely appreciate you taking the time to do so. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.